Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here. I want to encourage you to be back next week. Pastor Mo will be preaching. I want uh, Tiana, you and Mojay, I want you to stand up. This is my opportunity to welcome them to our staff. I have been uh, looking forward to this day for some time, and I am just so excited that he has joined our team. And, and I'm telling you, this is a new season at Stevens Creek, and uh, uh, the best is just right around the corner. So let's get started. How many of you have ever heard the story of the three little pigs? Huh? Yeah, you've told it to your kids. If you have kids, you've heard it as a child. Um, we've told it to our kids this week. Uh, Forrest and Summit will be spending four nights with us. So maybe we'll get to tell it to our grandkids. So let's just review that. So each one of those three little pigs built a house. What did the first uh, pig build a house of? Anybody remember? Yes, you read the story. And the second pig built a house of? Yep. And the third pig built a house of? Bricks, that's right. So when the big bad wolf huffed and puffed, the only house that remained standing was the one that was made out of bricks. The one that was built out of the rock. So today we're continuing our series called School of Rock. And these messages are uh, built on the rock themes of the Bible. Today we're going to focus on a story from Matthew chapter 7. And this is considered... Uh, one of Jesus' greatest sermons, and it was also considered to be the longest sermon. So many times we don't talk about great sermons and long sermons in one sentence. But here we are doing that. Uh, it's like the pastor who walked up to the pulpit, and he walked up to the pulpit and he said, you know, I've got three sermons to preach in my Bible. I'm trying to figure out which one. He said, my good people, I have three sermons. I have a $1,000 sermon that will last five minutes. He said, I have a $500 sermon that will last 15 minutes, and I have a $100 sermon that will last a full hour. Now, we're going to receive the collection. You get to decide. Uh, you know, I've heard someone say that a sermon should have a good uh, beginning and a good ending, and it should be really close together. You know, uh, Kristen Evans works on our staff, and it's her job to, uh, to help us find humor uh, in our weekly messages, you know, humor does good like a medicine. And, and when I told her, I said, you know, I want something on uh, long-winded preachers. And uh, she sent me this email. She had like five different examples. And she said, Pastor Marty, I've hit gold this week. And so I just thought that was kind of cute. I've hit gold. Well, the interesting thing about Matthew chapter 7 is that it was considered the longest sermon in the Bible. It's also considered the greatest one, too. A couple of weeks ago, Patty and I were in Jerusalem and we thought, you know, let's go over to Galilee and to see where this sermon was preached. And so we decided to take a ride, and uh, here's a part of our ride. And so uh, never ridden a camel before. Quite interesting. This is an uh, interesting picture next. You know, there's always, uh, you see the picture, and then you see that there's a story or a picture behind the picture, which you don't see. 
What I remember when I see this is that Patty could not wait to get out from under here because do you know that flies like to hang around camel's mouths? And so she was there getting her picture made. The guy was there, and there's flies flying everywhere, and she could not wait to get out of there. She looked calm and peaceful, but she was not. And so we continued the trip, and we uh, went to the Mount of Beatitudes. Now, this is the place where Jesus uh, is giving the, uh, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And so he is standing here preaching to people that are, are gathered here on the side of this hill, the side of this mountain. Now, what you see here, and there's crops being uh, taken care of here, but right here, it's kind of, it's hard to see, but this is the Sea of Galilee right here. And so he is preaching, got the people there, he has the Sea of Galilee in, in the backdrop there. So we start... Uh, looking at this passage of scripture, and he is focused on uh, a story uh, that talks about house building. It's one of those stories that's really two stories that are side by side. Pick it up in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He said, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, he's like a, a, a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now the rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on uh, the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, that man's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Now the rains came and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished these, uh, saying these things, the crowds, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not like uh, the teachers of the law. Now, this is one of the most familiar stories in all of the Bible. Now, notice as we look at this story that each man builds a house. We are like them. We are house builders. You are building a house. Now, we can exchange that word house and maybe put the word life or soul or reputation. We're building a house. And we're building the house out of the choices that we make. Here's the point. Life is about a matter of choices and every choice you make shapes your future. Life is about choices and every choice you make shapes your future. So many times we get distracted about all the circumstances that are going on around us. Because we focus on the circumstances when we should be focused not on the circumstances, but the choices. Because it's our choices that determine our direction. Every day we make decisions. Sometimes we make good decisions. Sometimes we make bad decisions. Sometimes we make wise decisions. Sometimes we make foolish decisions. And every time you make this decision, every time you choose, you're building a house. You're building a future. 
Our problem is so many of us have made foolish decisions along the way. Just think about, look back on your life. Have any of you made foolish decisions? Man, I have. I have made a lot of foolish decisions. Here's, here's one. Years ago, I had this idea in my mind that I can fix anything. Really, I can fix anything. And those were long before YouTube. I mean, with YouTube, I, I know I can fix anything. But back in those days, I just felt like I could fix anything. So one day, we go into the kitchen, and the refrigerator's just not working well. It's not cooling off. And I'm thinking, okay, there's a problem here. And so I'm going to fix the refrigerator. Now, granted, I've never had a class on appliance repair, but I just kind of felt like I could do this. And I didn't have YouTube at the point, so I pulled out the refrigerator, and I looked back, and I thought, there's the problem. It is covered in dirt and dust and debris, just caked on there. I thought, there's the problem. Now, what's the solution? I said, I know how I can fix that. And so I went to the garage, and I found my... Uh, gas pack bow, uh, powered blower, okay? The blower, you know, and I, I put it on my back, I cranked that sucker up, and I marched into the house. I looked at that dust, I started blowing the dust and the and debris and the dirt off of that. I'm telling you, it went everywhere in the kitchen. There's fumes, gas fumes in there. Patty came in rushing, screaming at me. Screaming at me, saying, what are you doing? You are a foolish man. Now, she really didn't say that, but that's what she was trying to say. I can't tell you what exactly she said. That was a foolish mistake to use an outside tool on an inside problem. Okay? Don't do that. Now, many of us, we've made foolish choices over the years. And so let's just be honest. Let's just make a mass confession here. And so if you've ever made a foolish choice, I'm going to give you an opportunity to confess that, to, to own up, to raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. And I'm going to run through a couple of categories first just to help jog your memory because some of you have forgotten the foolishness of your past. If you've ever made a commitment that you wish you hadn't have made, uh-huh. If you've ever said something that you regret saying, mm-hmm. if you've ever dated somebody that you shouldn't have dated, mm-hmm. all over the place on that one, if you've ever made an impulsive buy that cost you more than it's worth, mm-hmm. yeah. if you've ever made a foolish choice about time or money or parenting or friendship or the stock market or your spiritual life, let's do a mass confession. Uh-huh, all over the place. I want you to turn to the person beside you and say, I didn't know we were Catholic. <laughs> well, we're all building a house. We're building a house. And the Bible says that God is very interested in the house that you are building. And he uses this metaphor several times in the scripture. In fact, Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he puts it like this. He said, anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. In fact, they may use gold or silver or jewels or wood or hay or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. And if the work survives, 
then that builder will receive a reward. What a day that'll be. And that's really going to happen. Now it says if that house is being, uh, is, that's being built burns up, he's going to suffer a great loss. You and I are responsible because we're building a house. We're building a character. We're building a future. We're building our souls. We're in the building process. And whether we want to admit it or not, we've made some good choices along the way. And we've made some bad choices. We're house builders. 36 years ago, Patty and I started building a house together. And it was not a house made out of bricks or mortar or stucco or steel or anything. It's, it's, it's a house that we said we're going to covenant together and build a house of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. It's not always been easy, but God has been with us through this. And we have been through our ups and we've been through our, our, the down seasons and... Uh, We've lived on food stamps. We've lived in government-subsidized housing. Um, we have been blessed beyond measure. We've buried one child. We've seen three children graduate from college. Now we've seen one of those children married and, and have. now we have two grandkids. And so when we look back over there, the years, it, it's... We see the favor and the blessings of the Lord. This past week, we were at the Lee University 100-year anniversary. And um, that's where Patty and I met. We we were married when we were in college. And just to walk those streets, and our mind goes back. And it seems just like yesterday that when we looked at each other and we made that commitment through thick and thin that we're going to be there. And, you know, there have been times that it feels like that the enemy has come to huff and to puff and to blow our house down. And what we've discovered is that a successful marriage has little to do with circumstances, but a lot to do with determination. A determination that says, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. You will have circumstances in your life, but what you need in you to make it through is a, a determination that, that we are going to get through this with the power of the Lord and the strength of this holy matrimony. You know, one thing that we decided early on, we decided that there are certain words that we're going to erase from our vocabulary and certain words would never be spoken in our house. One of those words was the word divorce. We said, we're just not going to go there. We're not going to allow that. You know, words have power. And, and oftentimes we speak things into existence. And so that we're just going to get through this. We're house builders. Jesus is telling this story. And it's really two stories in one. He's talking about two people who built a house, but it's interesting. The next we see that as they built the house, storms came and hit both of those houses. Patty and I have weathered a lot of storms, and you have too. And the interesting thing is we look at this story in the Bible. These, storms, uh, these stories are identical, word for word, because he wants to make it clear 
that this is not about building a house where there are no storms. You will have storms in life. You will have trouble in life. Here's the point. In your life, you will face trouble. And here's the point. Uh, How you handle that trouble makes all the difference in the world. You are going to have trouble. You are going to have difficult seasons and circumstances. I've said this oftentimes. You're either in a, a storm right now, having a problem right now, or maybe you've just come through one, or maybe one is right around the corner. Both of these builders had to face the storms. And just like they do, we do also. He said the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and bit against the house. Yet, it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. He goes on to say, But everyone who hears these words of mine, and what, does not put them into practice? He's like that person that built his house, the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, the rogue winds hit both houses. I'll tell you, a few weeks ago when the, uh, the hurricane came through, wow, it, it felt like it was about to blow our house down. And, you know, it woke us up, what, about 5 o'clock in the morning, and those winds were just hitting. I don't know if it was like that at your house, but it was just hitting our house. And I was thinking, it was only 52 mile an hour winds. Only 52. But can you imagine what it must have felt like to be on the, the Florida coast? Because we felt like those winds beating against our house. I can't imagine of what it felt like to be there. In life, there's going to be storms that blow in. Some of these storms you're going to know about. You're going to see it coming. We knew about this hurricane. It blew up pretty quick, but we could see this tracking over the Gulf, and we could see it tracking through Florida and Georgia and into South Carolina. So we have storms in our life that that we can see it developing, and we say, this is a problem coming. There are other times, man, those storms are like an unexpected tornado that blows through your house. You had no idea that this was about to happen. In life, there's going to be trouble that comes your way. In life, we see the storm comes on the house that was built on the rock and on the house that was built on the sand. We're building a house. And most of us, if you're like me, we're saying, okay, I want to build this house not only on a solid foundation, but I want to build it in a place where the storms don't come. See, my idea, what if I could build a house where the storms don't come? You know, where uh, that we, we have enough insight and wisdom and we inter- engineer that structure and we have enough resources. Yes, we're going to build a carve out a life where the storms doesn't come. But Jesus looks at it and says, no, you can't do that. It doesn't work that way. In fact, in this Sermon on the Mount, just a few verses before where we started in Matthew chapters uh, 6 and verse 34, Jesus said, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. So many of you are focused about worrying about what's going to take place. Look, he's saying today's trouble is enough for today. 
Don't worry about tomorrow. You're going to have troubles tomorrow. You're going to have worries tomorrow. But hey, just focus on today. Focus on today. So it all comes down to this. If the storms are going to come, what kind of foundation are you being built on? Because you are building a house. You're building a character. You're building a career. You're building a family. You're building a reputation. So what kind of life are you building? He said, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, let's just go back and unpack that just a little bit. Jesus is dealing with a group of people on that side of that hill looking over at the Sea of Galilee. And by and large, most of these folks were Jewish individuals. And so when he starts talking about the house on the rock, Tom Wright, a New Testament scholar, says that he is pointing to the old way, the old system that was symbolized uh, by the, the temple. Now, if you were to go to Jerusalem, you're going to see the temple that was built on the Temple Mount. And, and in those days, the temple where they went to worship, where they went to experience God's presence, the temple was called the house on the rock. Okay? So Jesus is coming to this hillside and he's talking about being built on the rock. But he is not talking about the temple in Jerusalem. He is saying if you put these words into practice, he is talking about his words. Now when those individuals heard him say that, that was audacious. What? Some of them said, what are you talking about? That's blasphemous. It was staggering. But he said, in the future, you build your house on the word of God. Here's the point. Everyone builds their life on something. Building on the rock means building on God's word. Building on the rock means building on God's word. Now, what is practically, what does that mean? If we're going to put God's word into practice... And if we're going to build on this solid rock so that when the storms come, it may beat against us, but we will be able to weather the storm. What does that look like? It looks like that we have God's word as a foundation in us. You know, sometimes we, we look at that and we get that. But then we see the foolish man, and we, he built his house on the sand. And we say, okay, what's up with that? Why? Now, Jesus, notice this. Jesus didn't say that the guy who built his house on the sand was a wicked man. He didn't call him a wicked man. So many times we think, okay, that's what it is. It's a wicked, he's a wicked man that did that. No, Jesus said he was a foolish man. You know, when kids do something foolish, parents always have the same question. This is a three-letter three letter question. Why? Why did you do that? Why did you put spaghetti up your nose? Just tell me why. Why did you park your bicycle behind the car? Can you just tell me why? And then what does the kid say? I don't know. I don't know. 
And so if you ask this man, this foolish man, you have one and only life and, and, and you know you're going to die and you know the storm is coming your way. Why did you build your life on the, your house on the sand? And he probably said, I, I don't know. You know, it probably seemed like a good idea at the time. No architect's going to say, oh, here's some sand. Why don't you build a house here? Because they know that it's going to be washed away with the storm. This is your life you're building. And I want you to think about it this way. Nobody sets out to build a mediocre life. Yet they do it every day. No couple gets married And they walk down that aisle, and the first thing they say is, you know what, if we really play our cards right, we can end in divorce court. No human being walks into a bar and says, you know what, this could be my lucky day. This is my first time here. Maybe I can become an alcoholic. No man ever has a child and looks at that child and says, you know what, one day I hope to get so busy that I never get to see you. Nobody nurses a grudge and says to himself, I think I'm going to become a bitter, old, resentful man. Nobody looks at their life and has a plan that said that maybe one day I can end up in hell. Yet they make foolish choices and foolish decisions every day that put them on a pathway Of sinking sand. So Jesus sets forth this choice. You have a choice. It's your choice. You can build your life on the rock. Which is God's unchanging truth. Or you can build your life on the sand. Which is the constantly changing opinions of the world. So the question is, where are you going to build your house? Where are you going to build your life? Where are you going to build your reputation? Where are you going to build your career? Are you going to build it on the rock? Or are you going to build it on the sand? Because the storm is coming. And the storm comes and beats against both houses. You say, why? Because this isn't heaven. This isn't heaven. This is not a perfect world. This is not a perfect place. We are in a spiritual battle where there's conflict going on. There's a war going on and we're a part of that. You have the enemy of your soul that is trying to steal, kill, and destroy you. He's trying to beat against your life with these storms to try to take you down. But God is trying to speak life and hope and help and give you the strength to weather the storms that are coming so that when you are built on the solid rock, the solid rock is his truth and that you will know the truth and the truth will bring your freedom. 
He said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, puts them into practice. How do you do that? I think it starts by saying, Jesus, I surrender to you. I give my life to you. I give my family to you. I give my career to you. I I give my future to you. When Patty and I were married 36 years ago, we made a covenant and said, God, We'll go anywhere you want us to go. Our lives are yours. We'll go anywhere you want us to go. And we really didn't have a preference. But Patty did add a, um, a prayer to that. God, we'll go anywhere you want us to go. But I ask that you would allow our kids to have a, have a hometown. And he's graciously answered that prayer. Because you see, in our world back in those days... Preachers moved every four years, and they went from parsonage to parsonage. And we knew, uh, you know, our aunts and uncles did that kind of life, and we didn't want it. We wanted uh, to be a part of a community. And the Lord and you have allowed that. But it came to a place where we said, God, we'll go anywhere. It's a, a place of surrender. Have you surrendered to the Lord? So many times we struggle because our ego gets in the way. And you've heard me talk about this many times. Ego, you spell it E-G-O, right? What does that mean? It means when you edge God out. You edge God out of your life and say, never mind, I can handle this on my own. And when you start making decisions like that, that is a decision that would echo the, the concept of building a life on the sand, When you edge God out. You see, I believe that when we become uh, a Christian, that God puts his favor, his blessing on us. It's almost like an umbrella. That we're in the storms of life, right? The rain is pelting us and we have the favor of God on us. And yes, it is storming all around, but God's favor is over us. But here's the problem. There are times when... I will walk out from underneath the favor of the Lord. The favor of the Lord is over there, but I said, I think I want to do it my own way. And so I step out from underneath that protection. I step out from underneath that covering, and I create chaos in my life. Maybe you've done that too. And what the Lord is saying to you, it's time for you to come back under the covering. It's time for you to come back underneath his blessing. It's time for you to come back so that your life will be protected. You see, we're building a house. And the materials that we are using to build this house are the choices that we make. And our choices determine the direction of our lives. So today is a day of decision. Because you're building a house. Where are you going to build it? Are you going to build it on sand? Or are you going to build it on a solid foundation? The choice is yours. Over the next few minutes, we're going to have a moment just to reflect and to think about what we've just heard. I want you to think about the words I've said, but you know, more than that, I want you to listen for that still, small voice, that prompting. For God is calling you to take that step. For some, He's calling you to repent, to turn around. 
For some, he's calling you to come to him because you have never given your life to Jesus. You've never made him the leader and the Lord of your life. And I'm just telling you this because the storm's coming. And I don't want you to be out in the rain and the storm by yourself. Because God has a power and a strength that's greater than you and me. And he wants to give us this. But we've got to open up our hearts and receive it. We've got to surrender to his plan. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to open up the scriptures and just to hear your word. Now, I pray for this congregation. I pray for the people right now. Those people that they're trying to figure out what's the future going to be like? Because they know that they're building a house. They're building a future. They're building a reputation. And Father, to those who have never made a decision to follow Christ, today I'm issuing a call and I'm talking to you that today is your day. And I just want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, say it. Say, Jesus, save me. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I want you to pray this. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you would have me to be. I give you my life. I pray, Father, as they uh, utter those words that you would come and do as only you can do. But I pray not only for them, I pray for this congregation. I pray, God, that you would give us strength. And those people who are weathering storms right now, maybe it's a storm of chaos. I pray that you would bring clarity in their chaos. I pray, Father, for those that are struggling with their family. The family dynamic is, uh, it is not healthy. I pray that you would bring peace and that you would bring insight and you would bring love back to their home. I pray for those that are struggling. It seems like everybody's doing well, yet they feel like they're not. I pray, God, that you would open the door and that you would pour out blessings on them. God, we receive uh, your power, we receive your strength, and we thank you as we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.